You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hey, Ted Pals, here we are. That's a dive back in the studio. Midweek action. Lots of hello. hello. Oh, Excuse me. Do Excuse me. Favor. Th this is meant to be the two Robbies podcast. Who let you in here? So can we cue that music up, please? Oh, That's better. It's actually a, a nice beat. That's better. Ready? Ready for it? Uh, Hello and welcome is. to the two Robbies with something a little bit different. Just minus one Robbie. Yeah, and, and plus one two Kyle. Two minus one plus one Kyle. Beautiful. Show. Let's which, do it. Which doesn't fit on a, on a sticker. It's going to be tough to make merch. A little hybrid. Yeah, show hybrid show. For everybody. Here we are, back. Yep. Mustino was the first iteration. Do you remember that? That goes way back. Oh, God. It, I think Earl, his mic wasn't working or he was flying or something, and I just, I got... I got thrown in. You know, like when a, when a starter gets hurt right before the game, I, you're on the bench and you're relaxed, you're warm, you got your big coat on, and all of a sudden they say, no, 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 you're, no, no, mate, you're starting. <laughs> well, I think it's nice to, um, we listen to each other's podcasts, yeah. and sometimes like you say stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm sure about that, and I'm sure we say stuff that you like, well, so I think it's nice to now and again. Pod. We, 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 exactly, just to get a little bit of so who's, vibe of how we're feeling about certain Scenarios. We do it so we do it a bit different. How should we do it today? I think last time we did this, we did my format of yeah. which, by the way, I'm realizing I never stick to my format, which doesn't surprise anyone. It was supposed you to never be, stick to your time when we did talk. the storyboard and we, and we planned that's a dive, you know, the, the genesis of it when the baby was born. We wanted it to be three topics, 10 minutes each with a whistle. I mean, I did a show the other day, I think it's an hour and a half yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what should we do this time? Well, let, let's uh. Let's do it our make way. The call. Yeah, let's do it our way. Okay. I think I think what we'll do is, of course, the big stories we'll pick up on, and uh, U.S. men's national team new head coach Greg Berhalter. Let's about talk. Time. I'll ask you some questions about that okay. um, a little later in the show. We'll talk briefly about FanFest, but let's just react to the the games this midweek. Another four round of games in the Premier League. Uh, lots of stories as ever. Um, so we'll get to Man City, we'll get to Chelsea playing against Wolves, lost at Wolves. But let's start with the big game on the Wednesday, Man United 2, Arsenal 2. Now, there's lots made of uh, the programme notes of Jose Mourinho for this particular game. And he says in there, basically, isn't space, isn't space for people that are not ready to give it their all, basically, in, in his first team. Now, Paul Pogba and Roman Lukaku were on the bench for this game. What did you think to that initially, Carl, when you saw the starting lineup? Um, it's tough because it's the right call in a vacuum of form. Both of them? Yeah, because neither have, have based on recent form, uh, earned the right to, to, to play in a match of that size. Um, but also, neither have been good enough to, to, to be able to count on them in a match of that size. Other, other, other players have performed better. Um, that being said, I've played on so many teams where, you know, some, some star player or, or, or star goal scorer has been difficult, has had a bad run of games, and you, in a big game, kind of always put them out there. Um, and sometimes, even though players know they're off, they've been, you know, they've had a bad attitude, they've been difficult... When, when, you, when you see the team sheet, and managers do it differently. Some do it the day before. Some set up the team as it's going to be on the weekend in training. You know, you get your cues on, am I in the team or not? But mm. there's always an official kind of reveal of the team. Some, some do it on the day in the, in the locker room, in the dressing room. Whenever that team was revealed, I, I bet you the reaction throughout the team was probably like, man, like, oh, wow, I, I can't believe in a game this big, neither of these guys, two of our biggest signings, in our club's history, two, two of our best players, two players that have won games for us individually, two players that at their height are the best two players that, that we have. 
it's quite remarkable they're out of the team, but I think it's tough to be critical of Jose Mourinho with how bad they've been been performing. My thing is, it's it's that's that's really more of what's interesting to me. It's it's let's get past the should they start, shouldn't they start, and why are they performing so poorly? Why are they why are they fractions of themselves right now? Whose fault is that, and how do they get out of this? But why don't you start first with with yeah? Just do you on think that. it was a good call well, or not? Kind I, of thing. I tell you what, I, th- I think it's there's there's different reasons for it for me. Okay, Romelu Lukaku's attitude has been good. Yeah, and Paul Pogba's has been very poor. Yeah. So, I think well, I think we've seen the, the the changes here made for different reasons. Totally agree with Paul Pogba, though I was a little surprised. I thought that the, the manager might say, you know what, we've had all these words and all this these stories have come out. I thought he might have thrown him out there. Go on, go, go and go and well, hoping show, he performs well, poorly. Well, not hoping or? he plays poorly, but like it's up to you now, Paul. I've said some really harsh things to you. How are you going to react? Go and show the, the fans that you want to play for me and this football club. And I think it'd be pretty damning on Paul Pogba if he had a really poor game. It, it might start to get the fans against him, which might benefit the manager. Anyway, so I, yeah. I kind of get that one, I suppose. Lukaku, uh, yeah, he hasn't been playing very well, but this is Old Trafford. It's a big game. I, I, I was surprised, actually. I, I was more surprised at that, and I, and I get it, yeah. but for, for totally different reasons. And just before we get on to the whys and the why fours, we put a tweet out there, Carl, about it, and sort of saying to people, was Jose um, right to leave out Paul oh, Pogba? Oh, the fans think? Yeah, the Lukaku. We've got a couple here, the, the better ones here. Alison says, um, absolutely. Rashford, Lingard, Martial, much more mobile than Lukaku and Pogba. For all his talent, looks more often than not when the pitch... Like he doesn't give a care about anything, something like that. Talking anyway. about Pogba, yeah. And then M. H. Nathanielson uh, says United look brighter today. Played with a purpose in the main backline changes, also key. Baye looked confident. Dallo impressive for his age. So I mean, there was a few, um, but I think the majority of the fans thinking actually it was all right today that they played better. There's, they're livelier, um, but it's still. It still didn't look like a Manchester United performance that the fans are going to want to see. Well, if you if you if it's right or wrong, again, I think you can see both sides of the argument. I think there will be people out there that say, "I don't care what their form is. You put you play your best players in in the biggest games. Those are two of their best players. Mm. It's a big game. They're big game players typically." Um, or you say, "I don't care." You're not training well. You're not playing well. It doesn't matter w- what your name is. Doesn't matter how much money you're on. You're not going to play. And listen, Mesut Ozil, I think, has been a recent example. And Emery's taught him some tough love in big games. He doesn't use them for tactical reasons. Mm. And before the game, Jose Mourinho made it clear they're dropped. Tactical, technical reasons why he made that that decision. Um, I just I keep getting hung up on this. If if. If they're not at their best, if you're if you're benching two of your best players in a massive six-pointer against a team you're trying to chase, a team that's what ten points ahead of them, why? And and, and whose fault is that? And how you, how do you get out of it? Because in the program notes you mentioned it before, Jose Mourinho said, um, you know, it's about simplicity. Some people forget and fans forget it's about simplicity. We know who he's talking about, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, and he's done it time and time again. Shots right at. Paul Pogba. And listen, if you're going to do that in the locker room in front of the team, if he did call him a virus in front of the group, uh, th- that that's absolutely unforgivable. E- even if, if Paul Pogba is showing this attitude that he has and all of that, Jose Mourinho's attitude has been 10 times worse than some of the stuff Paul Pogba's done and how he's treated people, how he's behaved, how he's how he's undermined the team in a selfish way. So it's it, it's really, the hypocrisy is remarkable that he would say that to, to Paul Pogba. Going back to also saying he'll never wear the armband again. He, he's gone after Paul Pogba. But what you have to ask yourself is, why didn't Deschamps have to do that? Why did Deschamps get the best out of him? What, you know, why... Why, why, when he was at Juventus, did we see a world-class player? Why all of a sudden is, is Paul Pogba not a big-time player? And, and if it was, if everybody else was playing to their, anywhere near their main uh, capacity, and it was a one-off, then It'd be you on Paul kind of, Pogba. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so with so many, I mean so many, Alexis springs to mind straight away, but, but all, basically all the players that he's signed have reversed their careers. They've all got worse, which is remarkable, really. Except, it's remarkable. For, except for the players that aren't Manchester United players. I mean, mm. that, the only players performing well 
are the Fellaini's and the Ashley Youngs and these and these players that um, shouldn't be in these roles at a club of this size. I mean, Ashley Young playing them left because, back because they for give Manchester everything. United. They give everything. Yeah, well, no, they because they don't have an ego based on the fact that there is no other big club that wants that wants these players. So mm. it's easier for him to get the Herreras and the and the and the Fellaini's and all these people on board because there aren't Real Madrid's and Barcelona's and PSG's knocking on the door like they are for for the Pogba's. To the game against Arsenal, more, more game-specific, Carl. Yeah. What did you learn? I mean, we, we chatted about it briefly, but... Did, I mean, it was scrappy, it was tight, there was fouls and yellow cards, and they, they evened themselves out a little bit. The second half, it opened up. That's when I started to learn something from this game. But, but let's start with you. Did you learn anything? Was it, was it even, the fair result? Was it okay, performance for Man United? It was okay, yeah. I mean, I think I learned that... Um, there, there has been a remarkable recalibration of expectations with this football club. I mean, we have normalized from media, who? Uh, from, from us? I mean, ev- everyone. If this was, if this was a normal Manchester United season, and they were closer to the bottom of the table than they were the top, and at home, um, you know, played as they did through a lot of this game, especially at the end when it seemed a bit. Unimaginative and 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 lack design and and also craft. It was just a direct, and we always see it direct, bang it up there to Fellaini and, and Lukaku, and then you see Arsenal, uh, a team definitely in transition, putting the ball on the ground and and should go win that game pretty easily. And De Gea comes up with remarkable saves. I think to myself, Arsenal um, were not great today. Manchester United had one of their better performances, two two. And Arsenal were the better team, and they looked like the team yeah. in the last fifteen minutes that that were going to to find a way to win it. That's what I learned. And Emery hasn't had a half a, a billion dollars yet. I mean, imagine when he buys a centre back. Mm. Imagine when he goes and gets you know another striker because he will to compete with the Lacazettes and the and the um, Aubameyangs, a striker that can move into wide positions because. The only negative I have about Arsenal right now is Mkhitaryan, who I love, a player that I absolutely loved watching for Borussia Dortmund um, just just isn't really getting it done uh, Ramsey was wearing the armband which I thought was fascinating so mm. one thing I learned is that maybe that that situation mm. isn't done Who and knows? dusted yeah I, I don't know I, and I'm not sure what the best scenario is there I'm not sure a, a future Arsenal successful team has Aaron Ramsey in it I'm just not sure Kyle he's I, a good player he's a good player on the right stage, in the right moment, in the in the, you know, like right now when they're playing well, he, he you know he perks perks into life, and he's got a little bit of quality. I just think you know over a long period of time when things aren't so well, is he going to be in the starting eleven? Is he going to be in the starting eleven? Well, that's 11? it, right? I think there's two things that that mean Ramsey doesn't stay. Ramsey's asking for Mesudozil type money. The, the longest, he? I mean, from reports, we don't know. Reports are that the the well, wage demands are pretty are pretty yeah. big. Mm. Maybe not Özil, but he's he's the longest serving player, I, I, I believe, with the club. He's saying, I want some huge money. I've seen the money you've given to some of these other guys. I want huge money. And also, he expects to start every every weekend. Mm. If he can lower the demands in both of those areas, they should be able to convince him. What other club, what other top club in the world is going to give him the armband in a game against, you know, Man- a Manchester United, a game against another big club? He still has credit there. It's just not going to come in the form of of super inflated wages and 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 an assurance he's going to start every weekend. Mm. Were you disappointed in some ways in Arsenal today? Because through the game, I thought, you know, can they can they capitalize on the Spurs 4-2 victory? You know, can they, not that the transformation's anywhere near complete, but that excitement that, that, that's been caused recently with their performances, if they could go there and win, then wow, then, then the Arsenal fans will think back-to-back victories against those two teams. We really are on a, on a charge. Now, they're 20 games unbeaten. They didn't lose this game. I just, I guess, I expected them to narrowly win the game, and they almost did. Is there any disappointment that you that you felt today? I know there's changes actually on both teams, but did you expect them to go there and win? I did. I think I said it to you beforehand that that I think this is the day that, that Manchester United take a big loss, and um, you know I've been high on Arsenal from from the summer. And and watch them through preseason. Even in that first game when Arlo and I called the game at, at, at the Emirates against Manchester City, even in that game where Manchester City beat them and, and 
pretty convincingly, I, I thought, man, th- I mean, this this is better. It's mm. going to get better. This is a great project. I was disappointed because they were good enough to win that game and weren't their best and should have been their best. And a few errors that they've gotten rid of kind of came back in, just some lapses in the back. Kolasinac, who had a great game, just a silly error to try to play that ball back to Bert Leno. Um but I'm not disappointed in them because we have to remember that no one thought they were going to be this good. We, I mean, we have to go back and say no one had them in, in the top four. No one expected it to mm. be this good this early. So, uh, you know, 2-2 two, two on a day they didn't perform great at Old Trafford, even with the Manchester United team we see now, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. And it wasn't their best day, but it's mm. still positive in, in my mind. I think when you look at the uh, the starting lineup and what potentially is the strongest lineup, again, like as that was on the bench, Obama Young led the line by himself. You had Ramsey on the right hand side instead of Mikatar, and you had Iwobi. And lots of teams in this window have rotated their players. We will see Lacazette up front and Obama Young to the right yeah. car, won't we? Uh, uh, for the most part, if he has to put his strongest lineup on the other side of that front three, is it Mkhitaryan? Is it Ramsey? Is it Iwobi? See, here's the thing is I think slowly, and he's taken his time, and it was a criticism, not not a real criticism, but a question I kept asking of him. That first game, Torreira came on. Ganduzi started against Manchester City, which was a big surprise. He trusted the young kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember when Torreira came on, and they were better, I, I said on the comment, uh, on the commentary, this this is the guy. They, they have to go with this guy. He makes them stronger. He reads the game well. He's, he's selfless. He, he, he's, he's an insurance policy that they've needed for a very long time. And it took a while for him to start in the league. I mean, he didn't start the first five or six games. And finally, he came, he came along and did that. The, the Lacazette-Aubameyang thing took a while. It was one or the other, right? So he's finally figured out a lot of these things, switching to a back three. There's, there's all these, these things that... Emery takes time with. And we know he works a lot on the training field. We know he watches a lot of videos, so it's analytics. It's the one piece he hasn't figured out yet, which is, what do I do with Mesut Ozil? He's starting to see that I can't play him in every game. There are games I can't play him in, and there are games I can. Where is my other piece? Because the Lacazette-Abamiang thing works. Torreira is a sure thing. Hasn't exactly figured out who he partners him with. It was Ganduzi for only the second time this year. Let's... Go there right yeah. now. I think after watching recent performances when they've been really, really good, I'm not sure. I think we're going to differ here. I'm not sure you can play Lucas Torreira alongside Matteo Genduzzi. I'm not too, sure. W- w- too weak? So, or are you, what, what are you? Well, I'm not sure about Genduzzi's maturity, his uh, defensive nous, his reliability uh-huh. in certain situations, given you've got three players in a higher position that, that are going to kind of semi-help you defensively. Granite Xhaka's experience is not anywhere near as good a football as Gendouzi, but I, I like that in this shape of team, that, that's, for me, preferred. Yeah. You, I mean, I like Gendouzi as well. You would be okay to play Gendouzi alongside Torreira and front three ahead of that you trust Ganduzi. I mean that's two young players 19 Ganduzi, I think 22 Torreira. I do I just I kind of go back to when Cesc Fabregas was a teenager and trusted in that role now different right comes through the Barcelona Academy and and he, he was he was class at that point but Ganduzi re- reminds me of, of some of that I mean Cesc got bullied around I mean remember how small he was he got absolutely bullied around but was so smart I mean Torreira is tiny but just definitely does not get bullied around I, I just here's my thing I think it's I think it's the long-term solution. I think you want to play these guys together long-term. Do you have to balance it out with other pieces? Do you need stronger center back, at least one stronger center back by them? Yes. But if it's the long-term solution, people will forgive you for not being in the top four this year. I mean, just get him that experience. Get him that maturity. Play him in games that matter. Like mm. the first game of the season against Manchester City. I, I like that Emery will trust him. But I, I do agree with your point that it, it's it's not the preferred option yet. It's just, for me, the most exciting option because it's mm. dynamic. And, and it's yeah. more dynamic than any pair that could play in that role. Yeah, and I think we both agree that he's going to be a tremendous player. Tremendous yeah. player. And again, very, very young, 19, Terrera, 22. You know, there's, there's some youth about this team as well. I want to switch it back to United, Kyle, because... Just Jose Mourinho's words afterwards, you know, again, deflecting blame and reasons why United are not as good as they should be. Here's Jose. Was that performance for you, Manchester United level? The spirit, yes. 
but then we miss certain quality. I have to disagree many times with, with what people uh, say because when people uh, try to compare teams with uh, Roy Keane, Van Nistelrooy, Cristiano Ronaldo, Nemanja Vidic, Gary Neville, when people try to compare us, give us a give us a break, give us time, and um, I'm happy with the, with the soul. I'm happy with the soul. I'm happy with things that we did. But again, we are not uniform. We are not consistent. And whose fault is that? I mean, I just, I, I honestly, I, I kind of can't take it anymore. I mean, there, there, there are so many things he said there that are absolutely ridiculous. So hold on a second. It's going to take time. How many seasons have you had? It's going to take uh, more more players. These players aren't good enough. You bought them all. Uh, Eric Bailly, not good enough. Well, you, he was your first purchase. And by the way, you, the last time you started him, you substituted him in the 19th minute. So all this stuff is ridiculous. No one's comparing you to Keane yeah, I was gonna and, say, and who, who's Venice. Been right? No one. That? No who we're comparing you to. We're comparing you to the team that's in your town that that it is has the best goal differential in 130 years in the top flight that that is a devastating completely irresistible enjoyable entertaining side but you know what that's maybe not a fair comparison okay you know who we're comparing you to look at the teams that are above you Bournemouth and Everton I'll compare you to Bournemouth and Everton and say you're not as good as them even if we compared them to last season's Man United Kyle to finish second. And by the way, was the, the one of the best defensive teams in the league last year. Right. So, and now so they're the worst defensive uh, so, team I mean, in the league. The, the drop-off from even last season, the, the, they found ways to win games, you know, really like surprisingly at times, but fair play. 38 games, you finished second. That's kind of good given, uh, you know, his progression there. So the drop-off is, is what's been most shocking of all. And we aren't comparing with Roy King and, and the 99 team and all that. I mean, it's a straw man I don't argument. see many... St- I don't sit here. That read, we read everything, and I don't read much about that. So, it's getting tough to listen. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it's, it's trying to find reasons, excuses of why they're really underperforming. And we look at the league table now, Carl Martino. Their eighth position, they have one, minus one goal difference, 23 points compared to 41 at the very, very top. Um, it's it, And eight points off of the top four. It's it's just really hard. Just just trying to wrap it up, Carl. It's just really hard to see how he can bring this back together, where the football's great, the fans are on side, the players are behind him. There's no it, way back. Yeah, there's no way back. There, there's there's absolutely no way back. And I and I and I'll tell you, drawing today, or or if they if they won today, the last the last thing I can say about the Manchester United situation is the worst thing that can happen to this football club right now is is, is getting good results. Because, because it just papers over w- what is clear and obvious, which is a, a club in decline that, that is a powder keg that will explode. It always does. And, and everything you see tells you it's going to happen. Just finally, he is trying to paint the picture that this team and this squad is, 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 is not good enough. And it's not his fault. Uh, and I'm going to need time and money to, to make it into a team that, that I want and you'll be proud of. And when you're in your third season, you spend half a billion dollars and you've had all those transfer windows and you have some huge names for huge fees come in and you're in eighth place. It's a really, it's yeah. really difficult to try and let's move, excuse that. Let's move it on yeah. from... I, 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 let's go to his old club. Um, and, and by the way, a club he left in shambles that, that recovered very quickly and... Uh, you know, had a had a title win with with Conte, and um, now it's a, an interesting project with Maurizio Sarri. One that I have to admit, I was very surprised took off as fast as it did. But a bad loss, a loss against a struggling Wolves team. Um, where does that leave you? Because I think you started preseason really optimistic about Chelsea, or you, or you just you thought they were going to be good this season. You thought they were going to be top four. I'm not sure. I don't think. I, Did I you? Don't think I, I. I thought that going from was it tenth last season, last season to a top four was going to be difficult. I think my top four was City. Liverpool, Spurs, and Manchester United. Okay, so we both left Chelsea out of our yeah. top four. Um, are you Are you first off? Are you surprised with, with how good things have been? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't have them in the top four because I knew the way that Sarah was going to play. And, and it hasn't gone this way. I thought that Chelsea were going to try and play out from the back and people would, would, would press them and it'd be difficult kind of to, to get that uh, through and they'd struggle to get results early on. So I was, I was wrong there. So the way that side of it hasn't been a struggle. The football and possession have dominated games. The struggle has been 
as a centre forward for me, and they've they you know not yeah. not looking like scoring anywhere near the same amount of goals as others in that in the in around those um, in the table. Morata continues to be an issue. He started this game with Willian and Ed Nazard. Hazard's gone off. See, at the start, Hazard was on fire. And everybody's saying, well, and even the manager's saying, well, he can get 40 goals. And, and are we going to see something very different from Hazard where he's never really been a big goal scorer, Carl? I don't think he's ever got 20 goals, mm. I, I want to say. Or, he, or, or, you know, I think 18. No. So I was always not sure whether he was going to be the guy to bang the goals in, given some of the good football. Um, and he's just dropped off a little bit. So now you're, you're in a situation where they lose to Wolves and a they're bad hanging loss on to top four and a really bad loss against uh, uh, you know, um, what was the what was the recent game against? Uh, was it Spurs? What was the what was the recent game where I th- well last they, they beat yeah, they beat Spurs Chelsea two 0 uh, That was the game where you know you started you started seeing a chink in the armor a bit and it and. Where are you now? Where are you now with them? Because you can't, you can't go. We can't go from from celebrating and 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 lionizing on a manager and saying how good the project's going to two losses and now everyone's you know down on them. Where where are you after a couple a couple of bad results? Well, I'm 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 liking the football that they play. I don't mind the midfield situation as much as you do. I know you really don't like the um, the Conte situation. I, I'm okay with that. Meaning given, Jorginho sitting yeah, there yeah. in Golo Kante forward. Kante yeah. in a, a slightly different position. Because um, Sess, that's, that's Sess came into this game, and which was interesting. That, yeah, so yeah. he plays that. So he always wants that that playmaking, deeper midfield player. Um, with no mobility. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. <laughs> no, he, I, he, he'll, he'll feel that comes from different... Jorginho, by the way, time. most of the season has, has absolutely backed up, you know, his... his uh, sorry, his reliance on him and 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 desire to play him in that role. Mm. I was just always worried about long term displacing N'Golo Kante, and and listen, the, the bad results aren't because of that. I'm I'm just, I think what's more concerning than N'Golo Kante displaced is Ed Nazard can change a game when he's on, and and you're not as effective when he's off, and without a striker that can score, right. you so said it, it, you're done. That's it. So that that's the bigger problem for me. Avram Morata, Olivier Giroud. Uh, neither one of them can 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 really be that guy who's going to consistently score goals. And David Luiz dropped, I guess maybe dropped, rest, rested. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Christensen had a great season last year. He deserves a run in the side. Yeah. David Luiz. I mean, I'm a big he's fan a, of David Luiz. He's had a few he's, bad mistakes. He's had a few bad mistakes. So, so I think I think they're, they're sat fourth right now. They're going to be under pressure from from Arsenal certainly. Wait, uh, can I ask you one quick question about? Sorry, yeah. that I thought was fascinating. Yeah. What about his comment? Um, he, they play they play City on the. Uh, on the weekend, we have we have we have our fan fest. We'll get to that in a second. So on the eighth, they play Manchester City, and in his interview before the Wolves game, he they asked him, you know, do you have to win this game to keep up with with Manchester City? And I can't remember exactly, but essentially he said, I mean, you know, no one can keep up with Manchester City. I mean, how can you be expected to keep up keep up with this team? Mm. I mean, we keep hearing players and coaches say that. I mean, Chelsea Football Club, a monster club like that, their mm. manager says. Well, you know what? One of our rivals for the title, we haven't, we haven't forget it. There's no chance to catch these I guys. Mean, so, and I don't like that. I yeah. don't like that. I mean, he's obviously brutally honest, and the truth is, maybe, maybe that's close to the truth, but... You if know, you're a fan. If you're a fan, and you're playing them next week, and you're not that far away from in the league table, you don't want a defeatist attitude from the manager to say, you know what, I, you know, what sort of go is he going to have with the team? So I mean, I, that's what Neil Warnock like said before, the, before they played him. Yeah. I mean... That, and we and we were a bit upset that he, that Neil Warnock said that about Cardiff playing Manchester City. He said like, "Oh, we need to make sure we keep it single digits." Yeah, I'm just uh, part of it. I agree with you. Is just it's it, it's bad to to show a defeatist attitude. Part of it is just how good this this Manchester City mm. side are. I mean, absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, and we watched the game on Tuesday, Carl, didn't we? Um, Two one, the goal. Watford scored a goal and, and a little bit of a panic up late on, but still, Man City's quality control for the most part was was amazing. They have amazing wide players. They have fantastic wide players. Riyad Mahrez started this game for Sterling on the right. Leroy Sané again scores another goal. This one wasn't. I mean, this I one mean, wasn't wasn't as as easy and as straightforward as they come from Manchester City. There was a bit of a a, a nail bite at the at, at the end of it. Hmm. I mean, there were there were moments where. 
you know, mistakes and a bit of shakiness. Duff made the mistake. Yeah. They concede a goal, and then all of a sudden, Watford get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of belief, and throw a few balls in there. And Stones came, was it? St- yeah, Stones yeah. came on, uh, and Laporte came on to head those balls out to see him to safety. So there was a little bit of a panic up. But the football before that was so controlled, and we talked about it, Carl, about we've never seen a team win games as easily as they do. Damn it. And this is a, it's a mid-table Watford. They've been you know, not great at home recently, but a decent side. And yet it seems so easy for City to win. Um, do you think anyone catches them? <clears throat> Something's got to happen to City, Kyle. Someone's got to trip up. They say, yeah, some, I, I don't know what, it, what can possibly do, do, derail do them buy, for more than a game because that's what it's going to take. You've, you've heard me say before, do, do, do you buy my, my, my argument that they could focus a bit on, yep. on Champions League? Yeah. He wants it. It's why they hire well, them. So does the other, the other teams might as well. Not, but, but I, maybe I just don't not think as it's as focus. important to them as, and also not as realistic as... as I mean, you, when you're Pep's in the knockout never, stages, though, of whichever team you are, you're in those knockout stages. They're going to go for it. Yeah, but if, um, we're talking about priority. If you were going to say priority per club, there's no club that, that you'd forgive prioritizing Champions League over the league. There's no club other than City that you'd, that you'd say, you know, that, that's all right. Mm. I mean, and Pep has said it. You have to be lucky to win the Champions League. So it's kind of silly to prioritize a competition that it takes so much luck to win. But it is why he was hired. They won the league already. I mean, they'd, they'd won the league, Mancini and, and Pellegrini. I mean, they, they were there already. And, and they needed a few things. They needed something that was um, a global brand, a, a, a legacy to, to be left behind, a blueprint to be followed, an infrastructure that could continue, and they won a Champions League trophy. The problem is the squad is so good, and they can win Premier League games with, with a whole new back four and different midfield players. That if if they do prioritize the Champions League, the other players, Carl, <laughs> I know that's crazy. I mean, if we'll they had and win games. if they had two, you know how how um, you know clubs can put their B team in, in in other competitions. Obviously, can't get promoted into the league that their first team is in. But if Manchester City had had two teams in this division, they probably finish first and second. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, it's that silly. Yeah, the only the only player, Gabriel Jesus. If there's one kind of player that's that's not done it. Do you? How much do not you blame him? Recently or not, not well, done it all together? Just, just the season's got one goal. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's 12 appearances, one goal, one assist. Now, it's, it can't be easy when you're off the bench all the time. You don't get that many starts. Is he, is he one player that should be doing better? So, I, th- I think injury is a part of this because every time he got going, that was a really unfortunate injury. And, and I remember watching the... Um, was it all for one? Was that the Amazon documentary? The so I remember watching that, and also I mean, first off, being shocked that they had a camera in there after Gabriel Jesus had injured his knee, mm. a really emotional, intimate, private moment. Um, but but you know, it, it gave you an insight. And as a player that that ended up having career-ending injuries, but but always had my career tripped tripped up with a massive injury, it takes a psychological toll. So. I mean, it's not an excuse. Listen, Gundogan has had crazy injuries. I mean, mm. a series of really, really bad injuries and has come back just as good yeah, every single time. So and, yeah. it's not an excuse, but it's just something to put into the calculation to say he, he has performed at, a, at an amazing level for Manchester City. Remember, he was preferred to Aguero kind of yeah, at the beginning. Period, yeah. And I just think the injuries have tripped up and he hasn't truly got back to his stride yet. Should we whip around the other results from this match yeah, day? Just pick out a couple that, that we think might be important. Um, what pops out of you? I think Liverpool going to Burnley. So, I, I know. Were you? I was watching that out of the corner of my eye. Yeah, it, yeah. It looked to struggle for some of it. Yeah, I mean, I think Burnley, you know, started off very, very well. They get the first goal, then you start thinking, oh, you know, Liverpool going to drop off at this point. Now Milner scores, Firmino comes off the bench to score, and Shakiri puts it away late in the game. So I think that's really important. It's really important that Liverpool can rotate their squad and still win games. They have to be able to do that because City do it. And yes, there's pressure on every single game that Liverpool play when they follow Man City because City don't look like they're going to lose any games. So yeah. that's really important for Liverpool and for the league in terms of you know staying, on the, staying right behind City. The one that pops out at me, I mean, there, there, there are several, but um, I mean, Brighton, it's, it's, it's amazing that I love, I love Chris Hutton. We got a yeah. chance to talk to him before the season started. I'm mean, just so likable, yeah. uh, putting a great career together without getting much credit. But the West Ham one pops out at me. Um, 
you know, you expect them to beat Cardiff, but I just first off seeing Lucas um, Perez on on the on the score sheet pops out at you, a brace, absolutely for sure. But wow. also, j- just what a difficult difficult project that Pellegrini has there. And a lot, of, a lot of people would say, give them give them. You know, yeah, he can do it with Manchester City. He can do it with Malaga. He can do it with these great clubs. G- give them a team that's struggling. Give them, a, you know, that's always the that's always the criticism of managers that ex- succeeded at big clubs. If he succeeds, like it seems like he's setting out to do, and already climbing the table a bit, good performances. I mean, th- this will probably of all of his accomplishments, is an entire portfolio, long career as a manager, it'll be one of his biggest accomplishments. I, I, I was one that thought, oh, I'm not sure the foundation at West Ham is strong enough, Carl, for to that support, sort of yeah. manager. But to be fair, they, they, they picked uh, him as a coach and then they bought quite a few good footballing players. Felipe Anderson, I think, has been the star player for me on the left-hand side for them. So they've got, they've got maybe enough quality for his philosophy to work out. Yes, there's going to be bad days and bad moments, and there has been. They're sat 13th right now, so it hasn't been amazing. Yeah. But the fact that they're there after the, the, the nightmare season of last year, you know, all over the place last year, is credit to the ownership. Yeah. This time it looks like they've got a really good manager for them to play the style that they want and with enough new players with talent that they can enable yeah. that. It looks like it's going to be a happy story. Well, let's let's pick one more. One more, one Spurs. more game. Spurs. Yeah. I mean, Spurs yeah. at Wembley. You know, hopefully for their fans, there isn't that many more home Wembley games. But Harry Kane. Yeah, uh, can, can you go back? Can you take yourself back? To when Harry Kane was was a, a young player getting a few opportunities in Europa League, but but Spurs were, it was almost laughable their inability to to find a striker that could score, and wasn't it um, was it Sherwood? I mean, who I, I want to say was it was Tim Sherwood who was the one that finally started putting him in the league. Soldado was right. Scoring. I mean, it goes that far back. Yeah, and he scored, and we. Uh, a, a he's scoring in the Europa, wasn't he? He's scoring, yes. he's scoring, scoring, scoring. And we're like, give him a go in the exactly. first team. And then, and then f- f- finally, you know, he, he gets his chance to start scoring. And we said the first season, the second season, I mean, maybe even into the third season, this can't continue. Mm. But it's, it's just, it's yeah, amazing, it's, just continues to score goals. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think the important thing, Carl, is that the other players on the score sheet tonight, Lucas Moura and Hyunwing Son. What a signing, Moura, right. by the way. And a reason for Spurs fans to be optimistic to say you know what maybe it's not all about Harry Kane and we have the other players to score goals I think that's big I think when are they going to get into this friggin stadium yeah well I mean it, it almost kind of doesn't matter I mean that's amazing is like that's a really negative story I mean that story with other clubs I think this is where you benefit from having such a tight-knit group because we all have been critical of I think you and I have been very supportive of Spurs saying they're going to be good this season, even with some of the downs we saw, saw uh, early on, although they kept winning games. Yeah, um, they weren't playing great, were they? You know, I think a lot of other clubs would, would, would be destabilized by the stadium situation, but the lack of new signings and the continuity and the belief that Pochettino shows in his own side and not complaining he wasn't given a huge transfer kitty, I think some of that is one of the reasons why they're riding out this tough patch. And then they hit that new stadium. I mean, they've got, they got a lot, a lot of extra home games. Lot, right? They've got more home games to play. Who knows? I mean, they may be the, the dark be horse home. that goes to Chase City, and, mm. and none of us have been seeing it. Yeah, and, and today was important for them. The Arsenal game, with all the celebrations and, the, and the, uh, the social media stuff from the Arsenal players, I think got under the skin of Pochettino. He said he doesn't like all that stuff. Yeah. You know, start doing all that when you've won trophies, which is a... which Neither does Lee Dixon. Remember, <laughs> yeah. Dicko hates that stuff. Yeah, so, so, that, so good, good for Spurs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I think that, that kind of wraps up the Premier League. Now, Carl, there's another big story, another yeah. big news story. Um, the U.S. men's national team have finally, mm-hmm. by the way, which I, I, I don't get I was taking so long, but maybe we shouldn't get into that too I, much. I don't get it much either. Okay. Um, Greg Berhalter mm-hmm. has been announced as the head coach. Yeah. Give me, give me your initial thoughts. So the, the, the easy one, this kind of goes to... Um, you know, to other conversations where I think you get lost in in a debate that's that's not the most important one to spend time on. Um, right coach, wrong coach. You, you'll hear both sides of the argument. For me, a great hire uh, for myriad reasons. One, um, the experience as a player for for that national team, whether it's for a club or a national team, the pride is 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 currency. It's motivation. 
being a former player doesn't mean you're going to be a great manager, and I would I would probably say more often than not, it means you won't. I, I actually think it handicaps a lot of players uh, that had big careers or played for the international, you know, on the but international But he understands stage. what it's like to represent his exactly, country. Exactly, which is important. So if you have the other facets, which is um, read the game, have confidence in a system, have an idea, have a tactical awareness, how, how to break teams down, how, how to weather a storm, um, how to approach different in-game scenarios, how to approach different teams, how to play in cup competitions versus league competitions. The Columbus Crew job, um, and people could say that's not a testing ground or litmus test for getting the national team job. I don't agree with that at all. But but the job he did there was a project that it was cl- kind of like the Emory thing, clear what he was trying to do from the beginning and it wasn't really working. Stuck with it. Players got better under his watch. Uh, Will Trapp is the perfect example of that. A defensive midfielder, he was asking to do a big job to build them out of the back, join the back line at times and be a deep playmaker. He's in the national team picture now, might be going to the next World Cup. Um, you you see all the things that you want to see, all the boxes you need to check to know that this is a cerebral, confident manager who communicates well, um, who, who has been through ups and downs, and I think he's going to do a good job. How we got here is a big worry. How long it took, which is almost comical, um, and, and the fact, and this is the biggest worry for me, the fact that... They only interviewed one other manager, Oscar Perea. So, so it wasn't. I, th- I thought the the search was it was um, exhaustive, and was it thirty one players on a, uh, managers on a list? So I, and I, he narrowed down with the point system, et cetera, et cetera, listen, et cetera. I, I don't. I don't. It care. sounds thorough. I, I I don't care if if you you know built wax models of each manager and 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 you know wrote in the smallest print you possibly can on every inch of the wall, all of their qualities, you have to interview managers to know who they are. You'd never hire a manager without interviewing them, so why wouldn't you interview other candidates? And as someone that's a part of an ownership group that had the the, the awful duty, which is no fun and is terrible to do, to fire a manager and be a part of that decision process, I'll tell you that the process to hire a manager, I I learned because I, I, I was a part of it for the first time, one of the most valuable things in the process is is the interviewing of your short list, which can't be less than two or, or three. I mean, t- two makes no sense. Um, you could miss out on both of them, by the way. I mean, it's just such a small group. But also, the, the value was in, even if they weren't our first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice, the value is in someone telling you what's wrong with your team, what they do with it, how they beat you. I can't tell you how valuable it is, not only because it's on it's an honest assessment of a group that you might be too close to to realize some of these things. I mean, every club that faces you, international or, or at the domestic level, every week they're watching you when they go to play you and looking for every tiny little weakness. You don't really spend that much time looking at your own weaknesses. So it's an amazing exercise. And then here's the other thing. You're going to face some of these managers. They, they, they told you the game plan. They told you how they're, how they're going to beat you. All of that is incredibly valuable. And all that is, is incredibly valuable um, even if you don't pick any of them because you're juxtaposing their, their philosophy, their character, their, their communication skills. You're using that as a way to further understand, yeah, we got the right guy. So to not interview Peter Vermees and, and Tata Martino and Osorio – and all of these great experienced managers we'd be lucky to have, mm. to not interview th- these guys who most of them said they're interested is is negligence and it's dysfunction. Mm. And I need to and, and, and I think US soccer fans need to know why. It's not satisfactory to say it was exhaustive, we got our right guy. No, what it seems like is you picked your right guy and basically didn't go through the process. Mm. But now he's there. Okay. Yeah. Um there's been a the recent over the last year a lot of young players have played. So talk to me about. Let me just. So of course your knowledge of MLS is much greater than mine. <clears throat> but I do watch games and I watched a game. It's a random game. I think it was into last season. Uh, Burhalter coaching the Columbus Crew and mm-hmm. I watched him coach a, a, a game where his team absolutely outplayed their opponents with great football mm-hmm. and smart kind of tactical movements. Uh, and and in between the lines and and attacking fullbacks and combination play and I'm like wow this this it's a bit embarrassing because this team totally played the other team off mm-hmm. the park. Are we going to see 
is that his philosophy? You know, you've seen more of him than I have, but yeah. I thought, wow, that guy is going to, you know, with the younger players, the more technical players that I guess is coming through, mm-hmm. is that what the future of the first team, the national team, should look like? Or that you expect to look yeah, like? Yeah, so the short answer is yes. He had a press conference the other day when they... Um, when they made the announcement, and he was with Dan Flynn, the CEO, and Carlos Cordero, the uh, the president, Ernie Stewart, the GM, and he was asked that question, and he said, you know, my philosophy is about breaking teams down. It's about playing between the lines. It, it, it's about um, understanding, do we press high or in a medium block? So it, it has it has an identity in that you you could pick it out of a lineup. You could recognize what he's trying to do, but it's it, it's not so. It's not so rigid, and it's and he's not so obstinate and stubborn that he says this is the way yeah. it has to be. He, he he will take into account what what he gets in with his national team. Here's the challenge of jumping from being a club manager to a national team manager. You know, you, you have 38 games in the Premier League. It's a long time, especially with a preseason buildup, to spend with a group mm. and understand every tiny nuance of. Are they having, you know, are they having marital issues? You know, aren't they, are they not eating right? What, what were they like a month ago? Oh, he said this in preseason. All of that data and all of that information makes it easier for you to mold a group and truly understand what you have and stick to it. Eddie Howe, I think, is a really good example of he knows what he has, he sticks to it. It's, it's, it's going to be the way he plays and you're going to see it. Harder at the national team level because you're getting guys that are molded, maybe not in the way you want to play, and you have a tiny little window to Mm. get them to pick up some of the things that you want them to do. And when you put in a big young group, and it's going to be mostly young kids, now you have inexperienced youth and having to kind of retrain and re-hardwire these players when they get in. So the short answer is, yes, you will see a similar style of Columbus, but he's not afraid to go direct or compact and sit in a low block and all these things that you need to do to go win games against different sides. Mm. I guess he'll be judged on... Well, when will he be judged? The next, the next cycle in terms of World Cup kind of yeah, qualification uh, process? Yeah, and I think when it starts to get into the working end of things and, and Gold Cups and... and, and you know, when you start to see tournaments where um, I'll give them, I'll give them friendlies for sure to 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 learn and test things and and get some continuity going, and I'll, and I'll give them a competition um, leading into World World Cup qualifying to get some things right. But the second World Cup qualifying starts, if it's if if he's got plenty of time, if it's not if it's not looking like it's coming together right away, that that clock starts for me. Mm. So let's just kind of wrap up the pod, Carl. And uh, we have a fan fest come up uh, in New York on I missed the last Saturday. One. Did you? Yeah. I, well, I was running for U.S. Soccer ah, President. There you go. So it's a lot of fun. Go, that, that didn't work out. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the biggest one. This is going to be the biggest one. Was so the, was, where was the last one? Washington, D.C.? No, no. Where was the last one in New York? Because this one's in um, same, Southside the Seaport. The oh, same, same area or oh, okay. across the street or something. Oh, so it's right, but this is going to be bigger. You I mean, have no idea. 2000, no, my memory. of <laughs> headed too many balls. <laughs> Uh, I think 2,000 people are going to be there. We've got oh, Alan Shearer's going to be, awesome. be there. Uh, Claudia Rayner's going to be there. And yeah. different guests, I think, are going to be there to make it a fun event. Um, but it's going to be a busy old day of football. Free tickets. I think the people go get like, some food and some drink. It was, and it's all about atmosphere. It's all about meeting your fans, Carl Martino, and the fans of the Premier League clubs. And even my it's a not fun fans. day. Well, yeah, that's the chance to <laughs> yeah to just yeah to, tell, to tell get, them what they think a, of yeah, you. Get a shot in. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the DC um, fan fest, which was my only one so far. Um, I just I had lo- I loved being able to, even though you were overly dressed for the situation in our suits and stick out like a sore yeah, thumb, just boring. to be able to kind of flip the camera around, right, and see them. See them watching us, and 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 try to blend in, and just be another fan in between our segments, and get to know the people that are on the couch or in the bars early in the morning when we're on the set. I mean, mm. the support we get from the fans that obviously are in love with the Premier League and they've been watching for a long time, but you know the the support they show us and and you know the connection there. I, I didn't really fully understand it until the fan fest. It was cool. I think I think that is very very cool. Um, my main takeaway of the last one was the way that we organized it. We had a big old screen with a bunch of fans watching the game. Then the other team were with a bunch of people watching another big screen. And then you had the roars from both sides of it. Yeah. That felt, it was great. And I think, Some you know, chants got started up. Yeah, you, you kind of, 
exactly right. It's like being in a little stadium yeah. with one group of fans, you know, taunting the others. So I think that's the way it's going to be set up again. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got my kids. I think my I think we've got some tickets for everybody. Some family and friends are going to come along as well. Now you're going to be hit up so, by a lot of uh, tad oh, potters that are wow. going to say, hey, Musto, hook us up with some tickets. I know, I know. So I can't it's wait. It's going to be fun. I it's can't wait. Fun. Yeah. And fun. obviously, uh, I mean, it's just... It's getting kind of crazy. So it'll be interesting with all the things we talked about and all the debates. You know, if Paul Pogba's on the bench again, we'll, you know, we'll get to go ask Manchester United fans right there. I mean, what do you think? We're going to see their reactions. We're going to, yeah. I mean, that's the cool, the instant feedback of it all mm. is, 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 is something that's going to be. I guess the biggest special. game, Carl, is Chelsea Man City, which is the 12 30 Eastern time, big game on NBC. Well, yeah, I don't think, I don't think sorry can afford another schlacking. Mm. And and the, especially with what we said earlier, where he's uh, he's he's starry eyed for Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, but if he can get a result there, yeah. Liverpool travel to he's Bournemouth for for the neutrals. For for all of us hoping for a very competitive, down to the wire Premier League, someone's got to someone's right. got to beat Manchester City. Yeah. So we'll see if Sorry can do it. But it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. When's your next show? When's your next podcast? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of just you know fly by the seat of the pants yeah. here. The, the, they come, they go. You you crash them. Well, I mean, so, so we're different. When do I get to do it with Robbie Earl? <laughs> Robbie well, number our, one. Our, our next one. Pardon? Oh, Robbie number two. Take that back. Take that back. <laughs> well, I think we're going to return with a podcast of two Robbies on Sunday after the Fan Fest, reacting to the bigger games yeah, that love weekend. It. Yeah, I'll probably um, do one that week. So that's, guys, I guess, uh, when we will speak to How every- are we going to sign out? Are we doing yours or mine? What's yours? Well, my uh, all I say do is, yours first and then do ours. Yeah. Well, how about you do mine? All I say is something like, "Great, had a lot of fun." Blah blah blah. Make sure Tad Potter's to stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. That's your one. That's is my. It? That's, I mean, you you had a big problem staying on your feet. Yeah. And, and if I was playing way. against you, then I, 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 you would be diving because I'd be catching <laughs> you for fun. <laughs> well, then that wouldn't be a dive. You'd have to dive <laughs> to avoid my challenge. And how we do it, we would say, "Well, we'll see you at the next show Sunday after the Fan Fest." So until then, it's good night from me. Good night from him. Good, good night. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.